So when I was in the fifth grade, uh, actually growing up to the fifth grade, uh, if you can imagine, I was a little rambunctious. Uh, and so uh, I kind of had a reputation in my school uh, for being a knucklehead. And uh, every class, first grade, second grade, third grade, uh, I just goofed off all the time. I don't know. I, I don't, is my son here? Okay, excellent. I, I mean, I knew a guy who's, who goofed off a lot. No, I, I, I was a troublemaker, right? I always tried to be funny. I tried to get attention, all this kind of stuff. And so uh, in the fifth grade, I had a teacher named Mr. Blust. And Mr. Blust took me aside one day while I was being uh, uh, my typical self, and he pulled me into the hallway, and he said, do you know what? And I said, no, what? You know, some dumb thing. I said, no, what? He said, the, te- the fifth grade teachers had to draw straws to see who'd have you in their class. <laughs> All right? Now, nowadays, you'd, you know, they'd end up firing the teacher because you can't harm their little self-esteem. But back in my day, right, you could, say all, you could say all that stuff all you wanted. And so they tell me I have to go draw straws. But here's what he said right after that. He goes, you know what, though? I wanted to have you in my class because you're just like me. And he began to kind of talk to me about when to use humor, when to get attention or whatever. And he goes, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to set aside some time every day in class for you to make the class laugh. And, and I'll, I'll make them laugh with you. And it'll be kind of like a little comedy thing. But you've got to make sure you're done with all your work, you know, that, and, and, the, and the, the stuff has to be, you know, appropriate, right? Because I'm like, yeah, cool. Uh, and so sure enough, I worked all, I would just would watch the clock and wait for comedy time, right? <laughs> Mr. Blust changed my life that day. He changed my life. As a matter of fact, he told me a joke that I'm going to share with you. It's the first joke I, I, I learned from an adult. Well, it's actually probably the fourth, but we, I can't repeat all my dads. <laughs> so uh, so there's, this kid, there's this guy, and he'd tell puns his whole life. Just pun after pun after pun. And his friends got so mad at him that they, they did an intervention. And they, they pulled him into the house, and they sat around. And they said, we don't want you to tell any more puns. And they locked him in a closet and said, until you promise not to tell any puns, we're not going to let you out. And so hour went after hour, and they said, are you, are you going to tell any puns? I'm still going to tell puns. I'll never break. Right? Hour after hour, I just let me out, let me out. No, you have to promise you won't tell any more puns. So finally, after 16 hours in this, in this closet, he finally says, okay, okay. They say, you promise you won't tell any more puns? He says, I promise I won't tell any more puns. Just, oh, pun the door. (laughs) Okay? Now, now, that was from Mr. Blust. Some of you are going, that was the dumbest joke. I was in the fifth grade, okay? And it made them laugh, okay? So just leave me alone. But here's the thing. Mr. Blust that day changed my life. And one of my biggest regrets was I, I... I was too... By the time I realized what an impact he had on me, it was too late, and it was too, I, I couldn't go back and say, thank you. I, I lost the opportunity. And you know, I, I start thinking about all these teachers that teach young kids that by the time they get out of their knucklehead, and parents, you know, too, but by the time they get out of that stage, 
the teacher's already gone or the kids moved or whatever and they never get to hear thank you. Thank you is one of the most powerful things we can do. Kids, do your parents make you say thank you? What else do they make you say? Please, good, you're welcome. What else? God bless you? That was good. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Please, thank you. God bless you, right? They're all manners. But there's something about being thankful that's so important that the Bible mentions it over and over and over and over again. And one of the biggest places it talks about this is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. And we we have it up here. It says, Be joyful always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, and here's the big part, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Many times I have people in my office and they want to know, what's God's will for my life? Did you know that in large part, a large part of his will for you is to be a thankful person? Why? Because of what we saw in the baptisms, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, we should be overflowing with joy, overflowing with thanksgiving. And again, this isn't rocket science. We all all know this innately, but I want to talk a little bit about this idea of, the New American Standard really puts it in a great way. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. That Greek word, everything, is pas, P-A-S, okay? It means everything, (laughs) all of it. Now imagine what kind of people we'd be. Imagine kids, what kind of kid you'd be, what kind of teen you'd be, what kind of adult you'd be, if, if in everything you were thankful. Everything. Oh, how do we do, how do, we do that? How, do, how are we thankful in everything? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning, but what, what I want to do is I want to show you a series of uh, some pictures. Um, the first is of some food, okay? Yeah, mmm. <laughs> Okay, kids, why are you thankful for that food there? Tell me. Raise your hand so I I can get it. Okay, go ahead. Because it's delicious. Excellent. Who else? Yep. For Thanksgiving. Good. Why why else would you be? Yes. Because you're hungry. Pancake breakfast, big boy. Okay. Yeah, by the way, we had the announcement, but it's already passed, so you missed it. Yeah. Because you didn't have to cook it or clean up after it, right? Go ahead. Because you can afford it. Great, good, good. Okay, next picture. Okay, that's rice. Now, it's a different dinner, but it's what most of the people around the globe eat for their dinner. Can you be thankful for that? Why? Tell me why. Somebody raise their hand. Yes, because it's yummy. What's that? You must be Pastor Carlos's son. Okay, that's it, yes. Because some people don't get any food, yes. That may be all you have. Excellent. It's still the, the you're hungry, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, so, okay, so first service, okay, first service, do you want to go sit with him or should I? Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay, dude, that was it. That was your last one. Okay, uh, so the, the, here's what somebody said first service. A kid raised their hand. Because it's Chinese food. That's what they said. Okay? All right. Next picture. Who'd like to live in that house? I know I will. All right. Excellent. Okay? Why would you be thankful for that house? What? 
Because it's big? Good. It has a lot of space? Because you have a roof over your head. Nice. Yes. Well, it's cool? Is that what, good, 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 good. Anybody, any adults? <laughs> yes, Z. It's not, it's not a mud hut. Next picture. Mud hut. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can you be thankful for that? Why? Somebody tell me why. Yes, Tony. I mean, because some people don't have any houses. I, I didn't catch the one. What was it? What? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. You can have a pony. Yes, you can. <laughs> right. Now we know where all their money went, I guess. Okay. All right. Cool. Yes. What's that? You have a roof over your head. Great. Good. Yes. You have rooms to be in. Good. Good. Rick Creela in first service said, you have two fireplaces. Okay. So <laughs> that, that, was, that was good. Good. Yes, young man up there. You can make food in there. Good. Great. Next picture. All right, what if you were this couple? What do you got to be thankful for? Okay, you're in good shape. That's good. Oh, we got you guys already. Yes. The bike, you got some good bikes. Good, excellent. Yeah. Okay. What's? You can have another husband. Okay. All right. Okay. Next week's sermon, we're going to be talking about... Okay, that's great. We'll be talking about divorce. Yes. Awesome. Good. All right. Next picture. <laughs> yeah. Yes, in the very, very back. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, the young lady. Being with your loved one. That good. Good. No, I'm scared of you. So, yes. Growing old together. Great. Good. 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 Life. Yes, the young lady right there. That you're alive. Good. Excellent. All right. Next picture. All right. Okay. That's Pastor John's car. Okay. Actually, we do have a picture of my car. Next picture. All right. There we go. Okay. Assuming it runs, what do we have to be thankful for? That we all can talk at the same time. Uh, hands raised. Yes. It's affordable. Nice. Yes. It's transportation. Yes, sir, in the back with the bald head. What's that? <laughs> That's great. That's good. Stacy. The insurance will be cheap. Good. Yes. Yes, it does. That could be a curse, though. Yes. Yep, no one wants to. Excellent. Next picture. All right. That's a church. Okay. Now, I put this up because a lot of times pastors show everything and they talk about how you shouldn't lust and you shouldn't covet and all that. So I wanted to show you where I struggle. Uh, that would just be awesome. Okay. Just the gym, you should see the gym in there, all this kind of stuff. So like this is what pastors, you know, talk, hey, did you get, did you get church building ink this week? It's awesome, you know. So that's what we, okay, but hold on before we change it. Okay, so what do we have to be thankful about that church? It's big, yep, it's nice. What else? 
Big parking lot. Yeah. Rob. What's that? They still allow churches. Yes, good. Excellent. Many Christians in there. Good. Yes. You can get exercise in the gym. Yes. You're giving thanks to the Lord. Great. Yes, Z. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, hold on. Next picture. Woo! All right. What do we got to be thankful for? Spread the word. Got a place to praise God. Yep. It's close and full of lovely people. Yep, loving people. Two blocks from your house. Yes. Awesome family. Caleb. Everything. Good. Yes. Dig it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Great ministry. Yes, young man. Aww. That was, that was nice, Jesse. Big allowance for you, buddy. Big allowance. And it's just like we practiced it, too. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, listen. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. See, what we all know innately and, 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 and what the kids know just because they're kids, we can in everything give thanks. It's possible. If it weren't possible, it wouldn't be a command. If it weren't possible, it wouldn't be God's will for our lives to be joyful always, to pray continuously, to give thanks in everything. What are, you, what are you going through this week? Can, can you find a way to be thankful in it? Absolutely. Absolutely you can find a way. As a matter of fact, CNN on Thanksgiving uh, had an article on CNN.com about giving thanks. And it talked, I want to read some statistics real quick that I have written down. I, I don't know how they find this out, but it's CNN, so who knows. Okay, so uh, all right. So it's called The Power of Gratitude, A Year-Round Gift. People are 25% happier and more energetic if they keep gratitude journals. Just a journal of what they're thankful for. They have 20% less envy and resentment. Again, I don't know how you do that. Um, But anyway, they sleep 10% longer each night and wake up 15% more refreshed. They exercise 33% more and show a 10% drop in blood pressure. Right? Just being thankful. Maybe God knew something that we've, we already know. Maybe he wrote it in here 2,000 years ago. As a matter of fact, that article went on and kind of gave us some tips. Make regular entries in a gratitude journal. Find a gratitude partner to talk with, okay? Write thank you letters. Reach out to tell those who've affected your life. Surround yourself with grateful, positive people, small groups. Give to others the way you've been given to. When stress rises or moods change, remember what you're grateful for. Now listen, why do I put this up? Why are we, are we in church? Why are we talking about CNN? Because if you notice here, next to each one of these, Scripture's already talked about this. Scripture's got 2,000 years ago before CNN did any polls, before anybody did anything. God, in his infinite wisdom, said, you know what my will is for you? Is that you give thanks in everything. It's hard for us, isn't it? 
Don't we lose sight of that? I mean, it's such a simple thing. It's Thanksgiving weekend, and, and usually at Thanksgiving, I don't know if your family's like mine, but usually there's a time when everybody starts to write down what they're thankful for, and then, and then we just go on, and then it's like Thanksgiving's over, and we are in a mad Christmas rush to just, now we, oh, all this pressure and all this stress, and we forgot to give thanks. We miss out. But God's already talked about it in his word. Reach out and tell those who've affected your life. That's what for, uh, Philippians 1.3 is. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always giving thanks with joy in my every remembrance of you all. Write thank you letters. That's the whole book of Philippians. Most of the New Testament has tons and tons and tons of scriptures uh, about being thankful, being a thankful person. And what I, what I want to do is I... Uh, as we kind of wrap up this morning, is I just want to give us uh, five or six, I can't remember how many I have, of, of some kind of some uh, thankfulness busters, the things that get in the way of our thankfulness, and we can take them on into this week, and, uh, and in the next few weeks as we talk about Christmas, what we're going to be doing uh, is we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to be seeing what Jesus' last words were when he was on earth, and how it matches up with the, the Christmas story, why he came in the first place. The birth of Jesus and his last words. And so uh, I hope you'll, you're, you'll be back for that. But so Thanksgiving blockers, all right? The first is materialism. Did you know, we, we, we did a six-week series on living a regret-free life, and we talked about this current of culture, that if you just put your hands back and lift your feet up, culture is going to carry you down to a place of regrets. And, and I'm telling you guys, if, if, one of the things that I struggle with, that you struggle with, that we all struggle with, is this idea of it's not good enough. That our, our, our whole culture is designed to make you not thankful. When you turn on the TV, the job of the commercial is to make you not thankful so that you'll want the next thing. So if you have an iPod, it's the next iPod. If you have a car, that big old clunker, you want the next car. You know, the next and the next and the next and the next and the next. Now, buying new things isn't wrong, but this is a, this is a Thanksgiving blocker. If we're constantly looking forward to the next thing we're going to get, and maybe we're thankful right when we get it, but then right when it's there, so the culture bombards us and says, yeah, but the next thing is so much cooler. This week, and as we go into the Christmas season, let's watch out for this. It's amazing. You know where you see this a lot is with little kids. Most little kids, I know you're going, well, not my little kids, but most little kids, once Christmas is over, they're happy with what they got. I mean, it's, it's like us parents that always think, man, you know what? I wish we could get them this. I wish we could get them this. I heard a great saying on the radio the other day that said, creative toys make uncreative kids uncreative toys make creative kids. You get them Legos, just, they're just pl pl you know, plastic squares, they create. You get them the new remote control thing that does everything, it's not as creative. I thought that was fun. But anyway, uh, next one. Impatience. Impatience robs us of our Thanksgiving. We want it right now. We see this a lot in marriages. You know, marriage is going through some rocky times. Most marriages do. And what we want it fixed now. And, and we, we don't have the patience to hold out. And God's going, if you just last a little longer, it's going to change. It's going to turn. And some of us have marriages that have gone years in this time to have it make it to the next level. Because we were patient. Others, right when it goes bad, divorce, done. Again, the current of culture says if you're not happy, dump him, dump her. Right? You're not patient enough. 
to let God do his thing. They're not patient in it to allow God to work. Immaturity. Immaturity. I, you can look at my life and tell how spiritually mature I am when you look at what I'm thankful for. If it's things, you can probably, my spiritual life will probably be down. If it's people, if it's what the Lord's done, there's a good chance my spiritual maturity is high. Sometimes I struggle with the different things where I'm focused so much on things, I forget what's more important, people, my relationship with God. So, immaturity. Next, bitterness. Bitterness is a Thanksgiving blocker. You have to feed bitterness. And by feeding bitterness, what you do is nothing, if you're bitter at a person, you can't hear anything that's going right with them. They, they can't do anything right. You've got to keep feeding this bitterness. And it blocks us from being thankful. I have relationships in my life um, that are difficult. They're difficult. I have to, because it's God's will for my life, figure out something to thank God for in those relationships. It's what God has commanded me to do. Even when it's hard and even when there's a long past and they did this to me and did that to me and whatever, if I feed that bitterness, it blocks a life of thanksgiving. Okay, next one is doubt. Doubt, we doubt that God's gonna come through, right? And then the last one, self-centeredness. Self-centeredness, we care only about ourselves. I wanna read a section of scripture that we don't have up there. It's in um, Ephesians chapter five. Starting in verse 1, and uh, here, here we go. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. So what he's saying here is, be just like God. Be like a kid who looks up to his dad and says, that's what I want to be. This is what Paul's writing. And live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Okay, so that's what he's saying. He says, Jesus is your model, be, be like dearly beloved children. Now, now, then he goes into this list of things that he doesn't want you doing. A list we all know are wrong, okay? I'm going to read it, and then uh, I, I want to show you something. But there must not uh, be even a hint of sexual immorality. We all know that. Uh, or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. So Paul's beginning to list these. I don't want to see this in your life. And he goes on, he says, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse jesting, which are out of place. So basically, Paul's saying, with a list we've heard a ton of times, don't do this. Now, he could stop right there. He could say, look, I don't want you sinning. And you go, oh, okay. So the, 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 the key to the verse is don't sin. But then he goes on and he says, so don't do any of these things, the foolish talk, coarse jesting, which are out of place but rather thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the replacement for all these things. Because why? Well, when you have sexual immorality, what is it? You, 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 you have a desire and you want it met or you want this or you want that. But instead of that, instead of going, okay, I, I won't be sexually immoral, rather than that, replace it with, Lord, thank you for giving me the uh, strength to get through this. Lord, you know, if, if, if you're in a, at your work and you're thinking about this secretary or you're thinking about that guy in the cubicle next to you or whatever, so we all know don't have an affair. Everyone knows that. But what Paul's saying is rather be thankful for maybe the marriage you do have. See, it's a, Thanksgiving is not just this idea of, well, we need to write down a list, although we have a list for you to write down, but to replace those things with being thankful. 
Lord, thank you that I do not have to be a slave to sin. You see what I'm saying? It's different. As Carlos returns, uh, we're going to have one more celebration song. But here's what I want us to do. Hopefully you got a bulletin. In that bulletin, um, this week, just write some of the things you can be thankful for. Put it up on your refrigerator. Put it in your car or whatever. It's, maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's that you do have a, a, a roof over your head. Salvation. It's really cool when Jesus prays to have Lazarus raised from the dead. It's one of my favorite uh, uh, stories in the Bible. He just says, Father, I thank you for hearing me. That is a great, great prayer of thanksgiving that we can pray all week long. You have a heavenly Father that loves you and hears you. We can be thankful for that. We do not need to be mired in our sins. 